and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. I want to talk with y'all. Uh, if you'll go on to that next slide, I, want, I really want to talk with y'all about one of the most popular stories in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories, probably because I relate to it in so many ways. And uh, if, if for those that know the story of the prodigal son, great. For those who don't know the story, hopefully tonight you get to hear, well, not hopefully, you will, you'll get to hear that story. But when we talk about the prodigal son, a lot of the times uh, we always like to tend on, on one son. We forget that there's actually two brothers in this story, okay? There's the younger son and then the older son. And we always tend to put our focus on the younger son because his sin and his, the way he was, everything about him, everything, all the bad stuff about him was a little bit more visible than the older son. So over the next two weeks, we're going to look at these two characters in the Bible. This week, we're going to look at the younger son. And the next week, we're going to look at the older brother. I've always loved this story again, man, because it's just, it's so much, I, I relate in so many ways. More to the younger son, to be honest, than I do the older. More than the older, but at times I have found myself like the older brother. But our text for this week's in Luke chapter 15. It is on the Bible app. If you if you if you're if you're following along, you can look that up. Everything, all the notes is in the Bible app. So turn there if you would. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, and our verses today is going to start in verse 11. But before we get there, you can go ahead and go to verse 11 in Luke chapter 15. But I want to look at briefly just the first two verses of this chapter. It opens up this chapter in Luke chapter 15 and the first two verses. We get to see the scene right here. I believe it is up on the screen. Perfect. Yep, that's perfect. Right there it is. Here it is. Here's what the word says. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. I have to quickly let you know, the tax collectors and the sinners were they're not so good. The reject, the outsiders, okay? And they were all drawing near to him, and that was Jesus, okay? And then verse 2, the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. The Pharisees and the scribes were the religious elite, okay? They were like probably in the back of the room goody two shoes life seems perfect on the outside but really they're just they're just they're soaked in their self-righteousness and they're not that great they're just religious elite people but regardless you see the scene here is how this scene is setting up Jesus is kind of I'm not I'm not Jesus by any mean but this is kind of the scene we're sitting here and Jesus is communicating to people and then there's some people in the back of the room, okay? Not too far off in the back is those people, the religious people. It's a small note at the beginning of this chapter, but if you'll be back next week, you'll see how this is a huge and important part of this story, how it really does go together right with the story of the prodigal son. But without further ado, let's look at verses 11 through 24. Let's check it out and it says this. And he said, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. 
Verse 14, when he had spent everything, a severe famine, hello, COVID, we know what that is, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the servants of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, yet no one would give him anything. So just real quickly, what has happened? Son is asking for his inheritance. I want my money. I want to go. There's so much out there that I want to go experience, so much things out there that, that, that the culture says I need to go be a part of. And I'm going to go out there and do life my way. I'm going to do it my way. And he goes, and then what happens is he spends all his money, okay, not saving a dime, and he's spending it pretty recklessly is what the Bible says. And he ends up finding himself with, like, no money, broke. Y'all know what broke's like, okay? I know what broke's like. I've been broke. Like, I ain't got no money, okay? 22 cents is in my account, and I got an overdraft fee of $35. No, no. But I, this dude's broke. Ain't got no money. And then he finds himself with no job because COVID has come through, and he's, no one's hiring. Now he finds himself in need. I need a job. I need something. Country Bumpkin says, I'll let you come work with my pigs. That's where you can eat. You got anywhere I can eat and sleep? Now you can eat what they're eating and you can sleep where they're sleeping. So he finds himself in this situation doing this for we don't know how long, but in verse 17 it says this, but when he came to himself, in other words, when he came to his senses, okay, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger? I will arise and I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, he's practicing a speech here. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. This is a very important verse of the scripture right here. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father says to the servants, quickly bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Let me pray for you real quick. Come on, let's pray. God, we just ask for you. To meet us here tonight. God, you said wherever two or three are gathered that you are in the midst of them. And so, Father, we're here today and we're seeking you. God, we've had an incredible time. We've had fun. We've had great games. We've had great fellowship. But now, God, I'm asking, Father, that these words that come out of my mouth, Lord, may, may the students and leaders here tonight, may they not hear me. God, may they hear, may they hear your voice, God. Begin to speak to our hearts. Begin to open up our minds to receive what you have to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. We're going to stop there in the scripture because our focus is on the younger son we'll look next week at older brother there's two movements that begin to happen in this kid's life two movements happen it's 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 the leaving and then the returning he leaves and then he returns so we're going to break this down into two parts number one if you're taking notes if you're following along the bible app number one the departure let's look at the departure of this younger son the leaving begins to happen in verse 12 he, ba he goes to his father says give me my inheritance Give me what's mine and what's coming to me and give it to me now. Now remember, I said Jesus is speaking to a group of people here. The people listening to Jesus would have been listening to him and going, this is crazy that this boy is asking his dad for his inheritance. 
Because when do you usually get your inheritance? You, you get it when someone passes away. So this son is looking at his father and he's saying, hey, look, I, I really don't care about you. I, for all I care, you can be dead. So go ahead and just give me my inheritance now. Give me what's coming to me and give it to me now. And so the people listening would have been like, oh my gosh, what is this dad's response going to be? How many of y'all know whether you've been at a friend's house, at an event, somewhere, maybe here, just wherever, and, and if you're the type of kid who doesn't talk back, I was a back talker, okay, but, but you know your limit. Maybe you hear that one kid that like pops off to his parents and you just kind of like raise an eyebrow like, whoa, dude, you're about to get smacked. That's like what these, what these people were waiting. It's like, what is this dad going to do? They're shocked even more at the fact that the father complies and gives the inheritance. They're confused. Why would he do that? Why is he doing this? They're completely shocked that he gives it to him. And then it shows in verse 13, we're told just a few days later, what does he do? A few days later, he leaves home. He's, he's spent a couple days packing, getting ready. He's told homeboy and homegirl, hey, listen, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm going to exp- go travel the world. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And I want you to understand what this son is doing. He feels a need to go and find something to fulfill him. He's not content where he's living. Follow me here. He's not content in the father's house. He's not content in his life. And he sees the outside, he sees some culture, he sees people, he's, he's looking on social media and he's seeing that there's something else out there that's got to fulfill me. I've got to go and search for that. So give me my money, give it to me, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to go be the best of the best. I'm going to go have the best clothes. I'm going to go have so much clout. I'm going to get so much popularity. I'm going to go spend at the best restaurants. I'm going to go live the life that I want to live. This is what I want to do. He leaves and he goes broke. He goes completely broke. Here's the reality, what I'm trying to get to and we're gonna move along here is this, is any time that you and I try to go find fulfillment, try to go find satisfaction, try to go find your identity in something outside of what God has already said that you are, outside of what what the Lord wants to do in your life. Anytime you try to go seek your identity in the culture, guess what? Culture is always changing, but God never changes. He created you. He has a purpose for you. And he's saying, look, just just listen to me. Let me show you what I want to do with you. Let me show you the life that I have prepared for you. But sure, if you want to go and you want to go try it out on your own, go for it. But he ends up broke let's just get outside the box for just a moment and not just care so much about money what i'm saying is is he's empty his pockets are empty right that ain't the only thing that's empty he's empty in here says he begins to be in need he begins to be in need how can you be in need if you've if you've got everything you ever wanted it's because it's not what was essential If you were in service this morning, Pastor Jonathan was talking about what's essential, what really matters in your life, what do you really, what truly matters, what truly do you need? It's what God already has for you. It's what God wants to give to you. I love this. He abandons the Father. He finds out, man, I'm more empty than I was then. He begins to understand the emptiness in verses 14 through 16. When he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he goes and hires himself 
out to one of the citizens to work with pigs. This is crazy. How do you go from wearing the best of the best, sleeping in the greatest places, hanging with the top elite, and now your dinner is whatever the pigs are stepping on? And I love it that it says he finally came to his senses. See, in the moment when we would, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm going through. Let me go figure it out on my own. Let me go do this. I got this. I can do this. No, I'll, I'm chasing that. This is a life that I want to go live. You don't know me. Those that are sitting in my position, those that sit above you that are older than you, that have been through life, when they're leading you and they're trying to explain to you, don't do this, don't do that, it's because we have set where you've set. We've said the same things. We've tried to go figure it out on our own, and we've realized that we can't. I love it. He says, man, he comes to his senses. How many of y'all ever had a light bulb moment? I totally get it now. This all makes sense. I, I completely understand. I want y'all to listen to the shift here in this young man's life. He says, he starts practicing a speech. How many of y'all ever made such a big mistake that you knew it was bad, that like you were in your room and you're like, okay, all right, here's what I'm going to go say to my mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to practice this. Here's the words. You, you might have even typed it out. Just by a show of hands, anybody ever typed out an apology? Okay, I did. I, and, and some of y'all may be thinking, I'm talking about computer. No, like you got on your phone and you started that text and it was like a book and you're like, okay, okay, no, I'm not going to send that. Let me, let, me, let me cut this out. Let me text it as something differently, right? This is what that boy's doing. He's, he's sitting there and he's, he's walking around in a pig's pen. And he's like, I'm going to go to my dad and I want to say this. Hey, look, I know I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. And look, I'm not even worthy to be called your son anymore. Because he says, how many of my dad's servants, the people who work for his dad, they have a place to sleep at night and they have, it says they have more than enough food. Not just enough, they have more than enough. And he's sitting here starving. He says, look, I'm not even worthy to be called your son anymore. Just at least treat me like one of your servants. Because at least then I'll know I have food in my stomach and a bed to lay my head down at night. Now, why is this important? Why is this in the scripture? Do you notice he doesn't try to reclaim his spot as a son? God, I, I want us to get this tonight. He doesn't try to reclaim his spot as a son. He already knows what he's done. In, in their culture, if you go make a mistake, okay, most of us, if you go make a mistake, you can still go home at night. Okay, you may be in trouble and you may not even like your punishment, but at least you get to go back home. And his culture, he knew because of what he did in his acts that he would not be allowed to be a son anymore. There was an actual ceremony, and I'm not going to give it any justice here with the name, but the ceremony, this Jewish ceremony was called a kazal. hope I said that right. Okay, sorry if I didn't. It was a kazal. And what that literally meant was they would take a clay pot, and when the son would return, it would be a ceremony of you're here, you've presented yourself, and they take this clay pot, and they throw it, at his feet and it would break and it would symbolize it's done. What's finished is finished. You completely broke off. You're completely cut off. It's finished. You were no longer a part of this family. You were no longer a son of mine. Notice he doesn't try to reclaim his spot because he knows that this ceremony is waiting for him when he comes home. Yet his position is so desperate. 
He is such in a bad position. He's so desperate that he would rather go home to be a servant than to starve to death. So he comes to his senses and, he's, and he comes home. So number one was the departure. Number two, the return. The return home. After the son practices his speech, he's got it all polished. I would imagine, this isn't in scripture, but I would imagine he would look at himself and he would realize that he's not wearing the best suit anymore, that he's got torn clothes, he's completely filthy, he probably hasn't showered in weeks, probably has lost tons of weight because he's not eating well, he smells terribly, he looks terribly, he probably only has one shoe, like he just looks terrible. I want you to understand this because if you could see this, you're going to learn who God really is in this next set of scripture. Whatever people have told you God is, whatever rules that he said, that people have said, you've got to be this, you've got to be that, or some, whatever you've been told, you're about to see the picture of who God is. What is this boy's position? A mess. Filthy, disgusting, everything's wrong with him. He begins his journey home. This is where the story gets wild. He begins his journey home, and it says this. He arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off. While he was still a long ways away from being where he needed to be looking like a complete mess, smelling like pigs. In that condition, don't miss this, in that unpolished, unperfect condition, what does it say? His father saw him in that condition and felt compassion and ran to him and embraced him and hugged him and kissed him in that condition. So many of y'all go, I've got to get this thing right before I, I get back into, some, I, before I get back into youth nights, I've got to fix some things. Before I really actually worship and, and encounter God and, and lift, I'm not worthy to lift my hands because I, just, I was just looking at porn three hours ago. I'm not really worthy to be even sitting here in this place having a good time and laughing when I know I'm just a complete mess and disgusting. I'm not worthy to even be there. I'm not even going to go because I, I don't even deserve to walk through those doors. That is not what God's heart is. It says, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion. And guess what? came to him. Worship team, if you'll come up. Came to him. This is the biggest shock of history of, in this story. It's even bigger than when the son asks for his inheritance. It's even bigger than when the father actually gives the inheritance and then humiliates himself. It's bigger. Here's why. Here's why this moment is so much bigger. Don't pay attention to all the music. It's okay. Here's why this moment was bigger. It's because the father ran. He would never lower his position. While culture was telling this young man, while culture was telling this young man, turn that up. While culture was telling this young man, yo, come chase these things. Culture was also, and tradition was also telling the father, when your son returns, here's what you need to do. When the son returns, 
you've got to, follow me here, forget all that. When the, when the son returns, you need to cut him off. You need to completely cut him off. Yet the father says, I can't do that. I can't cut him off like that's my son. Why would I do that? The people listening to this are completely shocked. Because this is a totally different father than what we know. While he was still a long way off in his condition, the father ran to him and welcomed him. Here's the next part. You think it's over, it's not. Here's what's even greater. In that position, not only is he welcomed, but at that moment, he's blessed. You've got it all wrong if you think the only reason you wanna serve God and follow God is so that you can make heaven and not go to hell. If the only reason you serve Jesus is because you don't wanna go to hell, you've missed it. You've completely missed it. We want you to be in eternity with God, but the blessing and the greatness doesn't come then. It started right there for that son. How? In his condition, smelling like a pig with all of his mistakes and messes, it says, bring the best robe right now. Bring the fattest calf right now. You got a ring, put it on this boy. You've got great shoes, put it on him now. We're gonna bless your life right now. You, I can imagine the son is speechless. He says, but do you see me? Do you smell me? Don't you see what I did? It doesn't matter. You're home. Let's celebrate. You're here. There was no, okay, now here's what we need to do. It was simple. He's home. Let's celebrate. So no matter where you are spiritually, no matter how far away you think you are from God, this, we've always told you all it is is one step back. All you got to do is turn around, come to your senses, and come to Him. Yes, that's true, but while you're still a long way off, God sees you, has compassion for you, and He comes to you, and He embraces you and welcomes you in. That is the heart of the Father. We're going to stand. We're going to go back into worship just for a moment. We're going to spend some time in prayer, and then we're closing and we're getting out of here. But I just want you, I want you to realize where you're at, and I want you to realize that no matter where you're at, the Father welcomes you. All you've got to do is do what this young man did. Come to his senses, snap out of it, realize that I can't do life by myself. I can't do it on my own. I've tried it my way. I'm going to let God do it his way. Let me pray over you. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.